Adam Crowley Show. Uh, we got to earn tomorrow. That's French. <laughs> That's yeah. your French. Yes. It's we and me, 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 poo poo. Very good French. I agree. That was excellent. So good. I could do right, Kogudis. The Flyers going to win. We are going to earn tomorrow. Adam Crowley. It's not even funny. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Oh, we pulled the Look left, went right. It's three to two, Columbia. England with an opportunity to pull even here. It was a classic Jerry Wiggler if you've ever seen one. It really was. Did you see the way the goalie wiggled his Jerry's there? He wiggled his Jerry's all up and down the line. On this show, we believe in one thing. We're going to have fun. <laughs> the last segment was supposed to be about the... NHL and the eventual lockout and the failures of this awful sports league. We didn't get to it. So now we bring on Rob Rossi. He's from the Pittsburgh City Paper. He will discuss. Uh, he wrote a piece there. You can check him out on Twitter at real underscore Rob Rossi. Rossi, how are you today? Pretty good. I'm a little bit upset that England won a game in the World Cup uh, to advance. But other than that, all things are fine. You don't like England? No, England, Canada, pretty much anybody that, you know, had anything to do with the king and, and just kept succumbing to the king, I'm not a big fan of. Wow. All right. I can respect that take. Fourth not of July is coming up tomorrow. I'm not a big fan of indignant bullies. Do so you want to talk penguins? Yeah, let's talk about indignant bu- bullies. <laughs> Who's an indignant and bully? <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> uh, that's a great transition. Uh, look, I mean, I, I think you saw my tweets this morning, Adam. I think you saw, uh, I, I thought it was a poor press conference from, uh, Jim Rutherford the other day. It, it, to me, it reeked of a man desperate to sell a, uh, plan that, that he knew not a lot of people were buying. And, um, it was, uh, this is not defending the reaction that John Tortorella had, but he had every reason to be upset that an opposing general manager would say what he said. And, I, I I would hope there are Penguin players that are upset uh, at some of the things the general manager of their team said about them in terms of their leadership. So, um, surprised there wasn't more pushback from the local media against Jim Rutherford. Uh, a little bit disappointed. Well, let's get after it, baby. Uh, let's go in head first right now and take care of that indignant bully, Jim Rutherford. Look, I, I agree with a, a lot of what you just said. We spent... Uh, the beginning portion of the show talking about leadership. I think those kinds of things are just general managers speak to try to justify a move that you know is going to be looked at where you're going to be scratching your head. Uh, as for the press conference, he completely made up the Jack Johnson stuff. Uh, in in my opinion, yeah. he, he absolutely made that up. There, there's no way that he had any inkling as to something going on behind the scenes in right. Columbus. There's no way. Well, I, can, I can tell you something else he made up, too, the part about uh, the coaching staff having reviewed film on Jack Johnson because I've been in touch with people on that coaching staff and as of Friday they hadn't. So I'm guessing maybe by Saturday they could have. But um, I mean, this was a move that I think. Look, I, I've I've been around the Penguins a long time. I wasn't at the press conference Monday. That's not my job anymore. But I will tell you this: the first time I can remember during a free agent period where they brought the free agent in the day of the signing, and I think that was because they were they were trying to. Get a get ahead of what they perceived to be backlash to the signing. It was a negative reaction by the community, 
I don't really have a problem with the Jack Johnson signing, to be perfectly honest. Um, I don't think it's going to make one difference one way or the other. Agreed. Um, I would say the same thing about Matt Pellin. But, you know, to insinuate right now that Jim Rutherford has done anything over the past year than try to make up for mistakes he's been making since they won the Stanley Cup for a second time in a row would just not be accurate. And I'm not saying he's a bad general manager. He's not. He's a Hall of Fame general manager. But since the trade deadline of 2017, he has done nothing to significantly help the Penguins. And many of his moves have hurt the Penguins. And to try to bring up leadership, as they were lacking some leadership last year, leadership's not the reason they lost to the Washington Capitals. A roster that wasn't up to the task of beating the Capitals after a handful of elite players is the reason they lost to the Washington Capitals. And leadership would have been taking ownership of that, not trying to pin it on his players. Rob Rossi joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Rob coming hard today after Penguin General Manager Jim Rutherford. Look, I, I think that the Broussard trade was still not a mistake. Uh, and I, I suppose this year is going to have to play that out. Um, but If he plays another game for the Penguins. Well, and if he doesn't, then he will have admitted, I think, to that having been a mistake then. And at that point, we will raise the victory flag for one Rob Rossi. But until that point, if he plays for the Penguins and is the guy that I think he can be, I still like that. And I like going after him anyhow, even if it winds up not having worked out, because I think it was the right thing to do at the time. Other than that, though, I think you're spot on. I mean, the Niemi move was, I mean, it didn't really cost them all that much, but it was an awful move. The Ryan Reeves move did cost them in form of a player who was a prospect, a fringe NHLer, and a first-round pick. So he hasn't had as good of an offseason and a half as he did the previous offseason. Well, yeah, here's the way to look at it, Adam. He had a really bad first offseason with the Penguins, but I guess you can give him a punt on that because he inherited the club late, right? They had a shakeup without a plan, and he inherited a mess. But it wasn't a good offseason. That season wasn't a good season in terms of him moving players. I mean, let's not forget, they finished that year with five defensemen because they that were was the salary cap. Um, the next two offseasons were, you know, all-time great by any measure in the history of the Pittsburgh Penguins. But, you know... I will say this, maybe his best move is having Mike Sullivan ready to replace Mike Johnston, but he hired Mike Johnston. Um, so, and the, the last offseason, I'm not talking about this one, was not good. So, to me, this is a, you know, this is a tipping point offseason for Jim Rutherford. Not that he's, his job's in jeopardy, not that it will really change his, uh, status. I mean, they've won two Stanley Cup championships with him. You can't take those away, but if this offseason isn't good, he'll have had more bad offseasons than good ones, and when you have Crosby and Malkin, as Ray Shiro learned, or as anybody will tell you, when you have those two, you don't get to have too many more bad than good offseasons. You have to win the offseason if you're the Penguins general manager. Did you feel that Ray Shero and Dan Bilesma were more married to the their strategy and their players that they would acquire than Jim Rutherford is? Uh, and I, I suppose I should have separated the two to ask that question, but I think one of Jim Rutherford's strengths, though, is that if he does make a mistake, I don't think he takes all that long to figure it out and do something about it. No, 
I'm not sure Ray did either. I mean, uh, I think I think Jim's a much more aggressive general manager than Ray. He's a much more of a riverboat gambler. If you look at his career, even with his time with Carolina, I mean, he's he's sort of been a peak and valley type GM, right? I mean, his teams are either really good or they they kind of you know struggled to make the playoffs if they made the playoffs at all. And you know that's been the case in Pittsburgh too. I mean, in Pittsburgh they've won the Stanley Cup two years, and the other two years they squeaked into the playoffs and didn't last a long time. So, uh, look, that's that's just yeah, that's what he is. I'm not I'm not not criticizing that. Uh, I'm not criticizing the Johnston signing or the uh, Cullen signing. I'm just saying what he did in terms of the presentation the other day. That, to me, was a general manager who went out and came out swinging because he's trying to defend his his moves. And, you know, a couple of guys pushed back on him, but there there wasn't a lot of pushback. And, um, you know, I always thought the job of the media in this end is to push back. Now, people will say, Rob, you push back too much when you cover the team, and that's probably true. But I'd rather live on that side than not pushing back at all. Rob Rossi joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, Rob, let's talk about the in upcoming lockout in the National Hockey League because <laughs> there will be one. Yeah. Yeah, there will be. I mean, look, I mean, it's, it was probably going to happen anyway, but if you're looking for a real reason, as I wrote at the City Paper, you can check it out, pghcitypaper.com. Uh, as I wrote, um, you know, these bonuses are going to be a problem. The likes of the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Kyle Dubas of the world, they're trying to skirt around the – the competitive balance that everybody uh, under Gary Bettman is supposed to have, these bonuses are a problem. I don't have a problem with them because I think players are already taking it on the chin from the league, but um, Gary Bettman is going to want to put a stop to this, and people will tell you, well, you know, they, they signed these bonuses to be guaranteed through lockout, so the owners clearly aren't going to lock out. Well, what do you think? They're going to get $650 million from uh, the Seattle expansion group and that's not going to help offset some of those losses. Hockey's going to be shut down again. It'll be shut down again precisely for the – this is the most fundamental reason, and I didn't get into this, Adam, but this is the most fundamental reason hockey will be shut down every time there's a labor contract that's up. The fans will keep coming back. So until the fans show that they don't take it anymore, that they're sick of hockey being taken from them, hockey will be taken from them. They sh- hockey fans should take a page from the fans of the Pirates the next time there's a lockout. And the Pirate fans have shown this year, you know, enough's enough. You would think at this point, after 25-plus years of work stoppages, hockey fans would do that, but they're, but they're not going to. Does Gary Bettman deserve to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame? Yes, he's the greatest commissioner the league has ever had. There's not even a debate. He's one of the three best commissioners in the history of professional sport. He's taken a sport that is completely regional. He's taken a sport that has no interest in about 80% of this country and turned it into an American-dominated sport. He's restored franchises to Canada. He's increased revenue. He's helped save franchises like the Penguins by refusing certain teams to move, by instituting a salary cap. He is not perfect. He has made mistakes. Their television deal is an embarrassment. But he has taken a league that nobody cared about outside about 20% of the country and turned it into something that is a $5 billion annual business. And if that's not Hall of Fame worthy, I don't know what is. Is Rob Rossi Hall of Fame worthy? No, 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 no. There's only one and should ever be one Hall of Fame hockey writer in Pittsburgh. That is the great Dave Molinari of the Post-Gazette. He is, was, and forever will be the dean of hockey writing in this city.
Well, what if Josh Yoey gets really, really old and keeps writing about hockey for the rest of his Josh life? doesn't live the lifestyle conducive to growing old. <laughs> All right, how about, oh, no. <laughs> Jesus, whoa! <laughs> how about Mackie? Can Mackie live for a while? He can live a long time, but I don't know if he wants to cover hockey that long, does he? I don't know. Yeah, Jason, Jason could get there. Jason could get there, but I mean, geez, you have to do it for like 20 years. So, Who else is there? At least. Is there anybody else? Well, I mean, look, I would have been if I'd stayed on it, but frankly, I got bored of being so great at it. Who's definitely not getting in the Hockey Writers Hall of Fame? Tell me. Tell me right now. Well, damn it. I mean, don't play that card. I don't even know what I'm writing about for Friday, Rossi. What should I write about? I mean, I would think you would probably want to have that discussion off the air, but I would tell you it better be better than most of the stuff you've talked about. Have you been listening to the show today? I have. It hasn't been your finest hour, but then again, how would we know, Adam? What are you talking about? We did World Cup play-by-play. It was amazing. Amazing is a word that you need to look the definition up of, my friend. I can't. get Hang up on him. Get him out of here. I get Rossi out of here. I don't need him. Thanks, buddy. Happy Fourth of July. No. no you see, no. Don't you, try to, don't you try to get back in my good graces by making me unpatriotic if I don't reciprocate. Rossi hates the show? Your Fourth of July... Am I, am I getting that Good Rossi, wishes. Am I getting that Rossi is not happy with our efforts today? I don't know. Here's the deal. I am supposed to write columns for Rossi now on a bi-weekly, no, bi-monthly basis. Bi-monthly? Yeah. Every, every, other, other, month? every other month? No, Are you two, sure that's right? No, bi-monthly would be two times a month. No, that's bi-weekly. Wouldn't yeah. bi-weekly be two times a week? <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, I'm writing a column for Rob Rossi every other week. So you, you, you signed up for this thinking you had to write a column? Oh, no. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, I know. It's every other week is what it is. I just don't know the verbiage for that. Oh, okay. So you do know, like, in other words, like, every other week. That's the problem. Okay. okay. That's the issue. Cool. <laughs> well, now he's squashing my confidence. I thought you were like, oh, no, I got to write an extra column. No, I'm good. Okay. I don't know what I'm writing about, but I'm good. You have uh, no idea? I actually wrote it already. I just kind of looking it over. Give us a little sneak peek. I can't. Why? Got to wait till it comes out in the Pittsburgh City Paper, baby. What about teasing? I mean, a little like, not even a little like nugget of wood? All right, all right, all right. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. Give me a little crumpet. A little crumpet. <laughs> baseball. Oh, it's about baseball? Mm-hmm. Boring. Is, is this a letter to the Pirates and, and how upset you are with them the way everything is gone? No, that's not unique at all. Brian, get out of here. Get out of here. You did do that, oh, didn't you? No. You did. I just saw you go to your computer and delete something. No, I didn't do yes, that. Yes, I no, saw I'm, it. I'm holding the remote no. now. That's not what happened. Is that what you wrote about? No. Not like an open letter? No, it's going to be about baseball, and you can't fix it. It's a take I've gone to a number of times here on the Crowley Show. Uh, every time I turn into the tune into the radio, they're trying to fix baseball. Now I tune into that stupid show on ESPN, Get Up. And because they've already talked about trying to save baseball, now they're trying to save soccer. They're trying to tell us that PK should be out of it. Stick to saving baseball, okay? Leave saving soccer to the Brits. But that's kind of along the lines of where I'm going with it. I'm proud of you, man. You're really branching out here. You're becoming a true multimedia star. Well, I haven't written anything yet, and I very well might not write another one after. You might not like it. Well, he it's, doesn't like the show, apparently. Well, it's the irreverence of the show that is why I thought he brought me to the column, but we shall see. Yeah, congrats. 
Like, today, it wasn't going to be a deep show. I'm not going to dive in any heavy topics. It's the day before the 4th of July. We walk into the studio today, and what do we do? We have a show meeting every day. We try to plan the show. Today, we tried to keep a ball in the air between myself, Tom, and you. Tried to keep it up in the air. I think we spent, what, about almost an hour instead of meeting for the show today and trying to do that. And honestly, I think it was pretty productive. I think the quality of the radio program will agree with you, as it was a great radio program. Yes. And has been so far. Rossi's wrong. This has been an awesome show. Coming up next, I like super teams. They make for super villains. It's Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Brought to you by the Erector Protector, protecting your junk since 2016. If you want to keep the bang out, yo wang, you need Erector Protector. Available at Walgreens, CBS, and Arby's. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Boy, Robert Rossi really lit the blowtorch to Jim Rutherford there in that last segment and in his piece at PGHCityPaper.com. Look, I think Jim Rutherford has done a lot more good than bad, obviously, as GM. And I don't care how many years it takes you to win three championships as a general manager. You've done a damn good job. So I think some of the criticism is a little over the top. That being said, the press conference the other day was amateur hour a little bit. I'm okay with turning the key a little bit into the car of the Columbus Blue Jackets. But he just totally made stuff up. I know why he was sat down, and the reason was not his play. Well, it was his play, because he sucked last year. Like, sucked, sucked. Like, really sucky. Like, as bad a defenseman as there was in the league at times last year. He was bad. That's why you sat him. And the whole notion of bringing Jack Johnson into the press conference and parading him around and doing the whole dog and pony PR show... It just tells you the Penguins are listening a little bit too much. They are. There's no reason to care what the fans think about your move for Jack Johnson. There's no reason for you to care what the fans think about your move for Matt Cullen. You're not doing it for the fans. The fans reap the benefits when you win a championship. The fans are going to live and die with what you do, but you don't do it for them. You do it to win, and the results will indicate whether they should jump up and down in happiness or anger. So I don't like that. I don't like how touchy the Penguins seem to be right now, or at least they seem to be in the press conference. Again, does this have a big effect on the way the Penguins are going to operate this season? Absolutely not. Does it show me that they're still a little too image conscious? Yeah. And did I think that they were moving away from that a little bit? Well, I did. Or perhaps I was just so caught up in it I didn't care. Again, they could win the Cup this year. They could not. And it's not going to have anything to do with whether they brought Jack Johnson in or the press conference that they had to unveil the bringing in of Jack Johnson. But it doesn't mean that it didn't sound petty. It doesn't mean that turning the key in the car of the Columbus Blue Jackets wasn't a little bit punching down. That's kind of what it feels like, too, right? Like, I think Columbus is a second-rate organization. And, yeah, they've had two of their best years in franchise history the last two years, but they're an awful horrific franchise. They haven't won a playoff game. They're a series, pardon me, in 18 years. They haven't won more than two games in a series in the playoffs. In 18 years. I can say those things. I can punch them. But when Jim Rutherford does it, it's punching down. Like, if the Penguins are going to talk crap on the Capitals now, great. 
They're your peers. They just won a championship. They kept you from winning the championship. You talk junk on Columbus, it doesn't make you any better than Columbus. It doesn't make you any better than John Tortorella. John Tortorella's blowing his snack and sounding like a baby. And Jim Rutherford, yeah, he set him off. And I think maybe, just maybe, okay, definitely, it was too much of a reaction from John Tortorella. But I at least understand why there was a reaction. And that's Jim Rutherford kind of behaving in a manner you don't like to see from general managers. Or typically see. I suppose like to see and typically see are different things. Because I'd like to see it all the time. You just don't typically see it. But it's punching down. It's taking a swipe at an inferior opponent. And it doesn't affect them. But it kind of does look bushly. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Are super teams good for sports? I know, classic cliche question. I'm sure every damn talk show in the country did this one today. Because everyone's sitting in for somebody else and all the jabronis are doing the shows for the haves in this world. Well, I'm here because I'm a have and I care. And we'll do the same topic. I don't know if super teams are good. I kind of like it in a sport that I'm not invested in. In the National Football League, if the Patriots won every single year, I think I'd get fed the frig up. But as a casual fan of the NBA, I'm going to watch the bleep out of them. Like I'm going to watch every single one of their games I can put on next year. The Warriors? Hell yeah! Hell yeah! That's going to be awesome to watch. They're going to go 82-0? and No, they're not. They win 75 games? Maybe. Probably. They should. So it interests me. Was it interest to you guys? I think a super team does well in the short term. Yeah. It's to what you were saying right there. Like, yeah, there's some interest right now because you want to see this this Frankenstein that's been put together to walk around and wreak havoc all over the NBA. You got to see it. By maybe the third year, it starts to get oh, really, really old, and it's a supervillain at that point. You know, everybody's down on it. But I got to question how long you can sustain something like that because with the NBA, NBA is a is a delicate mix of talent and ego. And right now, the Warriors have a ton of ego on that team. Now, look, they just had a championship, and that's cool, but they added a lot more ego to what already existed there. And and I have faith that eventually, in the NBA, that ego will rule out. And, DeMarcus and, Cousins no no easy guy to deal with. No, not at all. You know, And when you start getting that many kind of personalities in a locker room who believe they're really at the top of their game— Sparks start to fly a little bit. The whole I'm the man type of thing starts to get, people think about that. They might not vocalize it right away, but it's destroyed some great teams. I mean, it really has. Once you get too much talent on there and too much ego, it, 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 it tends to implode to where those guys are no longer there. Maybe just the, the shrapnel will spread all, uh, all amongst the West. You get what I'm saying, right? I do. Should they sign Matt Cullen? Should his leadership be brought in to hold this behemoth of a basketball team together? Do they need dad? I bet you they do. Bring in Matt Cullen. You don't need him to play. You just bring him in for the leadership. No, but that's truth. On a team like this, Warriors, leadership becomes more important than any other team in the league because they got to keep a level head and they got to keep the team game going. I mean, granted, it'll probably deteriorate to a bunch of ISOs here and there. And I'm not saying these guys aren't going to be great. And when they're on the court, there isn't going to be a team that's going to be able to beat them regularly. Well, and that's just it, right? 
Like, how much would it have to implode for it to really come apart? Well, I think you end up, because you got a bunch of one-year contracts now. I think oh, they start ending up in other places. It and... will, right. But this year, they're winning the thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, this year for sure. I mean, that's absolutely happening. And I, I wonder, to your point, with... You didn't say this, but maybe it starts to get a little stale, too, with the with the four guys they've had. Now they went back-to-back championships. They bring in Durant. I wonder if they bring in Boogie because, hey, let's just stir it up a little bit. Let's make it unique. Like, they win without Durant, then they lose, and then you bring Durant in, and you win with them a couple of times. Well, now we're bored. Let's find a different way to win. Maybe <laughs> Let's keep throwing the ball to Boogie. Let's see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. Let's see how Boogie takes people to the rack. And then we'll see what happens. Well, that's the thing. You could theoretically have five different teams in that one team oh, because right? you you can build around any guy on that roster. Really, I mean, there's teams that build around lesser guys. I mean, you've got you've got five starting all stars from last year. Right, you can that's build insane. A, right, you can build a team around any one of those dudes. Yeah, any absolutely. one of them. So, I mean, any given day, your game plan. I mean, that's like a creative exercise for any coach. I mean, like, what game plan do I want to implement tonight? Because I have five options to start from. He should just every single night roll the dice and, you know, go one through five. (laughs) And, okay, tonight we're going to let Steph get his. Who's going to roll it tomorrow? Oh, Durant, you got yours. How about Boogie? Okay, you're going for 35 tonight. I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous. How about this? How about the Lakers get LeBron James and yet the gap between the Golden State Warriors and the league has just doubled? Yeah, they became more of a favorite. Right. (laughs) That's insane. That's insane. And, And to me, if I was a legit fan of a team in the NBA, I'm pissed. Like, why am I... You want to see your team improve. You want to have fun going to basketball games. I get all that. But at a certain point, you really are just playing for second place. You really are. Imagine the guys in the East. I mean, I mean, I mean, well, at least they can play to get to a championship. Why go through anything? I mean, they better get bigger batters for that Eastern Conference Championships because yeah, they they're to. not going to get an NBA title anytime soon over there. See, because for me, I'm the opposite. I think it's worse for the guys in the West because look, that team. Oh yeah, you're not you're not <laughs> off there. You know, man. the team that they put out there, the Rockets this year. That's a really darn good basketball team. Yeah. Some metrics say that was the best offensive basketball team of all time. Efficient, they were good, and yet they don't win it. And they're farther from winning it now, and they're not going to get to put up any banner, Jack Banner, for anything. At least if you're the Celtics next year, maybe you get to put up an Eastern Conference champions banner. Uh, at least if you're the 76ers, you could put up a championship banner. You don't get to win the whole darn thing, though. Like, LeBron James is out there. He's like, mother bleeper, now I don't even get to go to the finals. <laughs> now, to your point yesterday, at least he doesn't have to lose in the finals That's true. again. That's not adding to that stat. Right. Know? But, mother God, I mean, for real, man. Think about it. It's absolutely surreal. The the roster or the starting five that I'm about to list off is not an all star team. It's a team, like it's an actual team. I mean, they are all stars, but this isn't an all star team. At the one, you've got Curry. At the two, you've got Thompson. At the three, Durant. At the four, Green. And then at the five, you've got Cousins. I mean, really. It's just ridiculous. And is Iguodala still coming off the bench? Yeah. <laughs> Mother God. And Sean Livingston. Too. Oh, my God. Players too. Yeah. They just they need to bring in J.R. Smith and then see if they can still win. They can, and that's the ultimate middle finger to LeBron. It there. would be. Just having J.R. Smith parading him around the Bay Area. Okay. The NBA's got to start putting minimums in. Like, you have to play for this much money. You can't. You can't take a can't break. Take a pay yeah, like the opposite. Like, yeah. like draft slotting in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, like, 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 you are this good. You have to get paid at least yeah, exactly. this. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you can't That's take under this. 
Because if you do, you can't play. I want to take three million. No, I'm sorry. You got to take eight million. That's your minimum <laughs> to come on this team. How do we? It. Okay, so if you take the Celtics and you combine them with the 76ers, they give them a series. You've got to take, man. You've got to take the entire All Star team from the Eastern Conference to even compete with these yeah. guys in a final. Let I me think. see who was on the Eastern Conference All Star team last year. We'll give him LeBron too. Should we give him LeBron? No, you don't want to give him LeBron. You don't I think, want to play that I game. Think just Celtics Sixers straight up, and we can beat them. Really? Yeah, really? I do. All right, it's tell seven. me what. Tell me what your lineup is, Tom. Kyrie Irving starting a point guard. Mm. One for one. Probably put Gordon Hayward at the two. Give me Man, ben, you're give two bounce-back injury guys, Tom. Me, I don't know about give that. Give me Ben Simmons at the three, Horford at the four, and Embiid at the five. Then we got a lot of bench players that we can work with there, too. We got Jalen Brown. We got Jason Tatum coming off the bench. Yeah. yeah, they, yeah. They, Celtics, Sixers. They ain't they, beating that team. Yes, they would. No, they wouldn't. Yeah, they would. Absolutely 100% not. 100% they would. Absolutely not. If you Absolutely combine not. the Celtics and the Six, Philly-Boston beats Golden State. Absolutely not. Well, yep. does Brad Stevens get to coach the team? Oh, that's part of it. Yeah. See, this is a great conversation because this is actually how it goes with players right now. Like, can you imagine putting one of these teams together? They're sitting there, all right, who's going to be our coach? Who else do we want? Who else do we want? Let's get somebody in here. And now you have to build a super team on the East to beat them, and you can't even do it in a realistic manner because it would never happen. You can't get that man. It's crazy, man. These guys have absolutely broken the NBA. All right, I got the Eastern Conference All-Stars. Kyrie Irving. Hey! This is from 2017. Damn. DeMar DeRozan, LeBron James, Jimmy Butler, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. (laughs) If LeBron's on it, they win. You pull LeBron off and you put someone else in that forward position. Let's say you put Carmelo. Well, yeah, it doesn't count. Paul Millsap. (laughs) I'm looking at the roster from two years ago. I was going to say Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is already in the starting lineup, Tom. He's in the West, I'm saying. Okay, all right, all right, all right, I'll fix ago. it, I'll fix it. All right, here we go. What happened again? It's the same thing. It's the same It's the same lineup. Kyrie Irving, DeMar DeRozan, LeBron James, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Okay, you so Embiid. It was Joel Embiid. You said Jimmy Butler, yeah. Yeah, Embiid. User error there. You see what you got to go through to beat this team? Man, they got Victor Oladipo coming off the bench. I don't know if you can stop him. <laughs> you got to make crap up. It's like a cartoon. Really, the Harlem Globetrotters have finally made it to the NBA. Bradley it's Beal official. and Goran Dragic. It's over, man. I'm taking the Eastern Conference All-Stars. Would you take the Monstars over them? LeBron's got to be furious. I wonder if LeBron put it pen to paper. Like, did we see the Lakers tweet this shiz out yet? Like, did they absolutely announce it? Or was it just reported by Watch Bombs? You mean LeBron's LeBron contract. to the Lakers? Yeah. Oh, oh he's a Laker. It's, it's, it's done, done deal, okay. man. Yeah, it's done. Ange, it's signed the papers. I and thought everything. so. Kawhi's going there, too. Yeah. They'll give him a decent run. No, they won't. Eh, I, I mean, it'll go it'll the probably Marcus go six. Cousins has kind of come off a very serious ACL injury. He's not going to play until the All-Star break anyway. Okay, he's very injury-prone They won the championship with. without him anyhow. But I'm just saying, then you got Kawhi and LeBron and the Lakers. If you take Boogie out of the equation, I don't know. I don't know. And when, Boogie's out until when? It's like mid-season. They're right? not gonna, he's not going to be back until around the All-Star break. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's like they give a little reprieve, and then second half of the season, he comes in with fresh legs. Like, really? Well, that's going to make the Warriors worth watching, then, at this at, whenever he comes back. Because you're going to have them do what they're going to do, what they did last year, which is kind of sleepwalk a little bit. 
I mean, so much so that you're going to have the coach say, F it, I don't need to coach today. You guys can coach. And then midway point of the season, Boogie's going to walk through that door, and they're just going to completely reinvent the way that they play. (laughs) And maybe they don't, I mean, they obviously don't have to do that, but, I mean, now they're going to be able to work the inside-outside game. Damn. The one thing a lot of people aren't talking about enough is that free agency, not only this year, is as entertaining as it is this year. I mean, as crazy as it gets, the next few years are just going to be as nuts as this. Because, again, I go back to the one-year contract. You've got a bunch of one-years floating around for 2019. So a lot could happen next year as an aftershock of all of this. Everybody's going to be moving around next year to try to combat what's going on here with the Warriors. It's just going to be enter- pure entertainment in the offseason for the NBA. I think on that level for the next couple of years, it's it's a big win for them, honestly. It is. But just, but then it'll run its course. Well, I just don't know if that much player movement is great. I mean, it, it makes for an interesting... I mean, it's always going to be a topic of conversation. Look I how mean, much fun we're having with this. And we're in Pittsburgh, and it's two days after NHL free agency. That's why they're winning. That's a really good point. But that being said, man, I'd be pissed if every year Sidney Crosby's going and playing somewhere else. You know what I mean? Coming up next, Will Graves going to join us to talk about all that crap. It's Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. He did a couple of annoying radio-y, hot-takey things that I wouldn't have done where he goes, Go ahead and tell me why you don't think what Tom Wilson did was illegal, and I'll tell you why you're wrong. Explain what you think, and then I'll tell you why you're wrong. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Okay, tough guy. We butchered the clock in the last segment and in the first segment. So we bring on Will Graves late here. Sorry about that, Graves. How are you, pal? And then you bumped me in with the worst song of the 90s, one that you send me a, a thoughtfully a karaoke version of uh, during your siesta. So I, I did appreciate that touch. That was, that was nice. Yeah, what those of you out there listening don't know is that I was hammered at a wedding uh, two Fridays ago, and Smooth came on at the wedding, and I drunkenly tried to sing it, and... I did a terrible job. I also forgot that I did that until today when I texted you to ask you to come on the show, Will. Well, I think that's a sign that it was, you know, you were having a time at the wedding, which is good. I mean, that's that's fine. We can, If you don't forget it, it's usually not a bad thing. Love was in the air. It was a wedding. Will, I want to talk to you about the NBA, as odd as that sounds, and what's sure. going on there. Uh, I love the fact the players can do what the players are doing now. That being said, I don't know if it's the best thing for the league. And to me, there's an interesting conundrum then in my head, because I'm always pro-player instead of pro-team and pro-league, but in this circumstance, I don't know if it's the best thing. Um, I don't know. I, I think... I am almost always pro-player because I'm pro-employee, right? right? I mean, 99.9% of us are employees of somebody else. So anytime the employees, but yet they don't hold the power. Well, now in the NBA at least, because of the dynamics of the game, because one person can make such a difference in on one team because there are only five guys on a squad at one point at any time. I mean, I think it's – they realize their influence and they realized, you know, their ability to tweak the game. And, I mean, it's funny, like – uh I'm just sort of depressed. I think I tweeted something out and like, look, I grew up in the D.C. suburbs, the Bullets, Wizards, or whatever. They are my pirates. I have loved them forever. And, you know, I saw, I thought, maybe, maybe they'll, they got rid of Gortat last week, and I thought maybe this is the way they're going to flip and try to get Boogie Cousins because he played college ball with John Wall, and then maybe they'll, with LeBron gone, maybe they'll be legit in the East. And then Boogie signs with the Warriors, and I remembered, oh, yes, the max player 
on the Wizards roster is Otto Porter Jr. So that is a depressing, depressing thing to realize. However, good good for the players. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm surprised. The one thing about LeBron, and I love LeBron, my kid doesn't love LeBron, which I feel like I failed him as a parent a little bit, because LeBron is like a, I mean, maybe he'll have a Tiger Woods moment at some point in his life where, you know, his wife finds out about stuff and, you know, wrecks his car or whatever, but, like, in general, he's done everything right for 15 years, and the only thing I'm a little surprised about is that he doesn't just take a million dollars. Like, he didn't sign for the Lakers for a million. Why sign for 30? Sign for one and go get five guys. That, that was him. So I don't know. Does it make the East irrelevant? If I'm the Commissioner League, yeah, kind of does. I don't really want to see outside of the what the Sixers and the Celtics. I don't want to see anybody, including the team I root for. So that being said, it's man, it's awful entertaining. I mean, it's, it's, it's to tell you what, what the NBA does is way more entertaining than hockey guys taking jab, jabs at each other. I heard your thing with Rossi, and like it's July. The league is gone for like it only goes away for five minutes. I wish it would be longer. Like just all this stuff you guys are talking about, none of it is going to be. That's your job to talk about this stuff, but it's just none of it is going to matter except for the first time Columbus plays uh, the Pens this year. And then if Johnson is awful at the beginning of the season, everybody will hate the move. And if he's great, oh look at the resuscitative powers of Mike Sullivan and Jim Rutherford. Why does everyone keep coming on the show today and tell me to do a show differently? Yeah, Rossi's coming oh, on no, and I'm criticizing me. I, 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 I was what? listening to Rossi. By the way, Rossi, uh, Colin was listening to the show, and he says, Rossi, definitely not a Hall of Famer. So, Do you think you're a Hall of Famer, Will Graves? Uh, it depends on where the Hall is. Will Graves, Associated Press, joining us here on the Crowley Show. Uh, okay, well, let's spin this NBA thing now. Uh, well, I mean, what, what, what do you want to watch? I mean, no, I'm serious. It's your show. You want to talk about it? Do you want to watch? I want to watch. I mean, aren't you aren't you intrigued as hell? The first, I mean, the funniest part about all this to me is Got Paul George. Answers. Yeah, what an anyway, idiot! Go ahead. No, no, I mean, no. Just, you go ahead. All right, fine. I mean, no, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. We're right now. I'll go. Fourth. He's one of those guys comfortable being fourth. I mean, maybe LeBron said, "Bro, we're good." I mean, that's entirely possible. It's entirely possible. Yeah, man, we got Rajon Rondo. We're good. Yeah, the LeBron went to uh, – I mean, I, Paul George is one of those John Wall type guys where he thinks he's a Tier 1 guy and he's a Tier 2 guy. Like, that's – but and, – and look, $150 million goes a long way in Oklahoma. My, you know, my in-laws are from Oklahoma. It goes a – you can live for, forever on $154 million. Um, but, I mean, that's an awful lot to just keep getting your butt whipped by the Warriors and the Rockets and the Lakers. It's just a bizarre – Bizarre move. Anyway. Well, no, so you hit on it for me. because So there are two teams I'm interested in watching. It's the Lakers and it is the Warriors. I don't think I'd put on another NBA game until the playoffs. And at that point, I mean, who even cares about the Eastern Conference, to be honest? I mean, it just doesn't matter to me at all. I want to see what the Warriors can do. I want to see how many wins they can rack up. I'd like to see them go balls to the wall every game in the regular season to just see how damn good they could be. But I don't know if they're going to do that. I'm interested to find out. And I do want to see what LeBron James can do in Los Angeles. I want to see. I like seeing the Blue Bloods be good. I like seeing that. So that interests me. But apart from it, they don't. So the question I was going to ask was, is it worth it to own the offseason and to make sure that your league is being talked about consistently if maybe the regular season in the playoffs aren't quite what you would want them to be? Um, it, it, I think it helps. Um, I think it certainly helps. I certainly think, and especially, 
you know, in the age of social media where a lot of this stuff is just, I mean, you know, remember a couple of years ago, the, the Andre Jordan to the Mavs, but maybe not quite. And then the, you know, guys emoji on Twitter about whatever the hell happened there that ended up with him staying with the Clippers. Of course, now he is going to the Mavericks. I think that it's just, it's more compelling. I mean, LeBron is the most famous non-soccer player on the planet right now, right? And well, after Rossi. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just think it's, it, you know, he's, 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 an, I mean, he's an arresting figure. I mean, and it's, uh, I love, I love LeBron. I mean, I have, I have come to, to love him. I did not always, um, and, and it's, to me, it sort of reminds me a little bit of where the NFL was in the 80s and the early 90s, where the NFC was just by far the best conference every year. And they would go to the Super like they would. You had the, the Cowboys and the Redskins and the, the Giants and the 49ers just, I mean, at, I mean, literally at the top for 12 to 13 years. And they would place in the AFC, oh, here comes John Elway, here comes Jim Kelly, here comes Dan Marino, here comes Boomer Sison, and every every January would end with the AFC getting whooped. And eventually, they kind of the, the tide kind of turned there. I just sort of think that that's where the NBA is at. That did not hurt the popularity of the NFL at all. I mean, I think there was maybe a bit of a lull in the mid '90s when you knew that whoever between the Cowboys and the 49ers won was going to win the Super Bowl, or whoever won between the Packers and the Cowboys was going to win the Super Bowl, or whatever. But in general, I think it's. You know, it doesn't really, really hurt. I mean, their revenue is up. ESPN, I mean, how much hockey coverage did you see on ESPN this weekend? None. Without any, you know, I mean, let's be honest. How much hockey coverage did you see? And we can blame, you know, we can talk a lot about, is ESPN doing this because it's the rights holder for the league? I think that's certainly a part of it, but I certainly think, I certainly think the interest is there. I mean, Rossi was right when he was talking about Batman in Whoa. terms of him making a lot of money for the league, and that's why he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. But let's I mean, if we're talking big picture here, it's still kind of small potatoes compared to the behemoth that the the appeal that the NBA has. It just is. Graves, what are you doing for the Fourth of July? Uh, I don't, all right, so check it. So one set of parents we were out with, uh, like on Friday, we ran into them, friends of ours. Our kids are friends. Hey, we're having a big party. Do you guys want to come? Yes. Then about kids pumped up. Then about Middle of the afternoon, another set of parents with, if we're going to be honest here, kind of a nicer spread uh, and massive, a pool and a better, kind of a better backyard. Kind of said, hey, we're having a party. Um, we are going to go to the first party because it's going to be fine. But I think my wife is sort of like well, trying to figure out a way that we can hit both. I mean, because, you know, the booze selection, I've already got, they've tweeted, they've sent us pictures of the booze they have. So that's. Well, okay, now wait a second. I want to get into this a little bit deeper then. What is it that would sway you in terms of booze that would make you go to one party over the other? Um, well, let's. Uh, can I, I'm an elitist, okay, as you, as you well know. Yeah. Uh, the one was buckets of, like, the High Life and Miller Lite, which is not really my thing. <laughs> and then the other, some of, other, uh, other, the flip side of that was, like, you know, some decent IPAs and some stuff. Like, I'm old, right? I can't sit there. I, I, I can no longer sit there and just pound 15 Miller Lights and, and have a great afternoon. I can't. I got I got people I'm responsible for. I got stuff to do the next day. I'm uh, – <laughs> I also, you know, obviously my 
my illness is back briefly. We're, we're fighting that fight again. So I can't go and just kill it. So I got to like take like my three, three beers over the course of two and a half hours that gets my BAL enough to feel good. And then just sort of coast down because every decision I make is based on how I want to feel at 630 in the morning. That is your future, Crowley. That is your future. Yeah, the more I hear you talk, the less and less I want to get old. Uh, last question here <laughs> for you, Graves, and you, you, might have, you might have touched on the answer there, but how high maintenance are you guys? That, <laughs> no, 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 no. I didn't even ask the question yet. Just wait a second. How high maintenance are you guys that you need to t- you need to get the pictures of the spread beforehand? Well, well, no, I did not ask for them. They were offered. Okay, very good. They, they were offered. It was like, hey, we're prepping for the party. I mean, like it was a celebratory, like group text. Hey, here's the party, whatever. And that's, I mean, I, look, I drank highlight from a paper cup on Friday night at a BYOB place. Okay, so I'm, I, I'm, I mean, I'm not above living the high life but i'm just if you're giving me a choice i'm gonna go to the snootier that's just where i'm gonna go i'm just gonna be that guy well so. like i'm not going to your white trash barbecue yeah, I'm hell no. the better one hell no <laughs> the people you're gonna be hanging out at the second one are gonna be wearing skinny jeans and beanies in 90 degree uh, weather, i don't man. know about that but they like they you know we're, we're going to the first one they're both good friends we're gonna be all our kids are it's it was a it's weird though. You're going to get to this like your kid's going to be playing something, and he's going to have friends that go to his school. But when he plays his, his team sports, he's going to have friends that go to all the schools in the area, and then you're going to be like, "What the hell? What are what are, what do we do over the summer?" So again, lots of lots of lots of issues that you don't think about when you and Mrs. Crowley are going to weddings and you're getting drunk, singing you know bad bad ninety songs, and hopefully your night's ending well because your marriage is still young, and you know. It's, <laughs> Then, like, we're 10 years down the road, you're going to be, this is the stuff that you're going to be thinking about. And you're going to be like, you know what? Will was on something. Graves, appreciate the time, man. Have fun tomorrow. And uh, send me some pics. Send me some karaoke. I will. I'll see you, man. Later, pal. That's Will Graves, Associated Press. Uh, having kids sounds awful. <laughs> just, I, it just really, it really sounds it's, like it sucks. It sounds like so much work. Oh, my God. Like, he's talking about how his kids are in a different, his their kids' friends are in a different township than where they live. And all that made me think of was when I'm like 32 and still want to be part of the game, still want to be drinking beer, still want to be pounding a few and hanging out by the pool, Someone's going to have to go pick up little Jimmy at whoever the bleep's house in Blonox. Yeah. It ain't going to be Leanna. I'll tell you that right now. No, she'll be. She'll have had her two wine coolers and will be sprawled out on the lawn somewhere, and I'll have to be the guy to go pick them up. Oh, no. You're in for it, man. I guess this means that I'm just not ready to be a father. At some point, I'm sure you could turn just that off. Just think of this. The kids will also dictate what kind of drinks you have. Like, say you have one party that's full of Guinness on tap, nitro tap, ready mm. to go, but all their friends are at the Bud Light party. Uh, so I could be sitting at a home, getting a nice Guinness mustache on, and instead I'm going to have to wind up plowing through PBR. Yeah, like 20, 30 of them, just to, just to keep yourself sane. But then you can't really, actually, because you'll probably have to drive everybody home, too. Oh, you're screwed. I drank about 60 PBRs at the beach. Not a bad beer. After the first 25. <laughs> oh, it tastes real good. And after it's, that. Then it's delicious. Greatest beer ever. Coming up next. <laughs> you don't know. I know. Do you? Yeah. I don't feel like talking about it. Do the pens really lack leadership? It's a Crowley show.